Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm really excited. I have Ben Arneberg with me. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Roy. It's a privilege to be on the show. Ben, you have run multiple crowdfunding campaigns on Kickstarter. You and your wife, who are about to expect a baby, so congratulations on that. Thanks. Back in 2015, Willow and Everett, you guys scaled that to do like a million dollars in sale in your first year just on Amazon. And then you created Terramat, which I think was your first product that you guys put on the Kickstarter. Did over 100K on that. We're consistently doing over 100K per month on Amazon. And then you guys actually just recently sold it. So congrats on that. I know we have a ton to talk about where you guys have mastered not only Kickstart, but the ins and outs of selling on Amazon. And then you started a company out of that product fuel, you know, just basically born out of the passion of, you know, launching innovative brands and making sure they're successful on, on Amazon and Kickstarter. So let's talk about where does all this start, Ben? How did you get started in all this? Yeah, yeah. And uh, thanks for that uh, very nice introduction. I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship. You know, my whole life kind of like, knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I ended up going into the Air Force via the Air Force Academy. And when I was in grad school, I was just kind of had this itch. Like I, I want to get out there and just, you know, try a business, even though I'm in, in the Air Force at the time. So did a mobile app, found some uh, people in Boston where we were. And it, it started out as a great experience. We were Harvard President Challenge finalists, uh, had some space in their innovation lab, and were, you know, looking at getting some VC funding and like, hey, this is awesome. But it kind of quickly went downhill and I had to separate from them to go to a next Air Force assignment. They took it to an accelerator and it kind of crashed and burned. And that experience left me a little disillusioned with entrepreneurship. You know, kind of at the time, I had such a limited view, but was like, hey, either you make it and you're Mark Zuckerberg or you just go bankrupt. And I didn't like these kind of high risk, you know, only 1% of people make it business models, aka, you know, high growth tech startups. So it was kind of done with it, right? And, and as I'm starting my, my Air Force job in the Washington, D.C. area, still that itch is, is kind of gnawing at me. It's like, you know what, I, I want to see what else is out there. So I just started learning about different business models, heard a lot of people talking about e-commerce. And when I went to my wife and said, hey, let's give this a shot. Let's start an, an e-commerce brand out of things we're passionate about. We like cooking, hosting, you know, coffee, tea. So we decided to start Will and Everett in 2015 just as an experiment. You know, we both had jobs, just something we did uh, a little bit here and there at night and on weekends. And it, it took off. You know, like you said, it did over a million in sales its first year. And we kind of saw that success and said, hey, 
there's something here. So we, we actually kind of replicated the business model, almost franchised it. And uh, with business partners started CubeFit, which the Terramat was that crowdfunding product we launched that under. And that also did really well. So but yeah, that was kind of how it all started. This is really interesting. So let's talk about Terramat a little bit. You guys ran that campaign back in 2016 through a little bit of 2017, successfully brought that product to market and then transitioned it over to Amazon. So I know a lot of the people on our podcast that listen to us weekly, you know, are always interested in, you know, what's next, what's after Kickstarter. And Amazon always seems to be that that next step outside of, you know, launching an e-commerce platform. What were some of those steps that you took to, you know, transition the product to Amazon successfully and then continue to sell the product there? Yeah, absolutely. So this is just a massive opportunity that we kind of stumbled into. So with Will and Everett, we you know knew Amazon very well, knew how to sell exceptionally well on that platform. But with with CubeFit and the Terramat, you know, my business partner was like, "Hey, let's do a Kickstarter." And I was like, "Kickstarter? I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. You know, is it really worth it? You know." So we do it, and it goes you know really well for our first one, raise six figures. And but what was amazing was we took all of our Amazon best practices and we're able to take the Terramat from the Kickstarter to doing over a million a year on Amazon. And there's so much potential to take a crowdfunded product to Amazon that no one, that most people in the crowdfunding world don't realize. And, and most people in the Amazon world don't realize. So it's kind of when you can bridge that gap, massive opportunity. So there are a few reasons for that. But you know, when you do crowdfunding, you create a big halo effect. You get a, a lot of people interested and engaged in your product. Um, a lot of customers that are now going to be loyal wherever you go. So it's going to be easier to jumpstart your Amazon listing, you know, getting reviews, getting social proof. There's a lot of different levers you can pull. So yeah, I guess that's one thing I'd say to your audience is, you know, if if they have an awesome crowdfunded product, I think selling it on Amazon should be uh, top of mind consideration. Obviously, your website is very important as well, but Amazon brings you so much traffic. Uh, and it, it does depend on the product, but in general, there's so much traffic out there for products that if you can get that exposure and then have all the right levers in place, you can get a lot of sales from it. So my firm, Inventus Partners, had the opportunity to work with you recently on your most recent crowdfunding campaign, the Cold Brew Tap 2.0. Let's talk about you know where that product came to life and how you decided to you know go from a standing desk mat to a cold brew coffee maker. Where's the the synergies there? How did you come up with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, you know, with a few different brands now, try to keep them siloed. But you know, so all inclusive brands. So you know, CubeFit was a healthy office products company, and you know, with the Terramat and other products to help people live, you know, healthy in the office. Uh, Willow Never is really focused around coffee, tea, hosting, happy home. So we, yeah, uh, invented the, the Cold Brew on Tap One last year, and then recently, you know, with you guys had the Cold Brew on Tap Two Kickstarter. And, and what's really fun, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate, it, it's just awesome to have brands and companies out of things you're passionate about because you're always thinking about, you know, new ways to, you know improve your products to make new ones so it just kind of flows out of you so you know with the cold brew on tap love coffee started tweaking around with different ways to make cold brew and that's how this one was born so it, but it's contained within the umbrella of will and everett and we've actually now since then launched a few other brands to try to you know i think that the tension is you want to launch a lot of cool products but you also want to have a great brand and good experience for your customers and have kind of 
targeted customers. So yeah, we're kind of building out those styles of brands right now, but Cold Brew on Tap was really out of the passion that my wife and I have for, for Cold Brew Coffee. Awesome. So we always talk a lot about how important the month or two or three or six leading up to a crowdfunding campaign launch is. And given that you've done multiple campaigns successfully, what did you do prior to this campaign versus your first campaign that put yourself in such a great position to fund the campaign within the first four hours? Yeah, so I think one really powerful thing that people can do is if you had one campaign, just launch another better version of it because everyone who backed your previous one is very likely to back your new one and you can create lookalike audiences, et cetera, from it. So that really helped us. You know, the second one, the Cold Run Tap 2 already had a head start because we had, you know, the thousand plus backers from the one that we could reach out to who were very excited about this new improved version. But the other big thing is we spent a lot of money up front on email. So we collected a pretty massive email list and also messenger subscribers, which is kind of the future, I think, of communication. Open rates are insane, you know, 90%. And, you know, by getting, I think it was almost 15, 20,000 people excited about this product ahead of time, it helped us on launch day just, you know, blow it up. And then what's cool is you kind of trigger, you know, Kickstarter's trending products. And now you get a lot more visibility from Kickstarter organic. So it's, it feels like a little bit of a risk to the creator, but it definitely pays for itself. And you have to front the money to get a bunch of people interested ahead of time, but it can really help your campaign go a lot further. So I think a lot of people want to test Facebook Messenger, but aren't necessarily equipped yet with the aptitude to run a pre-launch campaign by just getting Messenger subscribers. So if you would kind of lay out what that looked like for a funnel, if you will, for you to get Messenger subscribers and then how you actually got those folks to engage once the campaign went live. Yeah, absolutely. And the first question people ask themselves is, you know, where's my time best spent? And do I want to spend money to save time or implement? So as we've gotten more mature in our businesses, we made the decision, okay, we have enough things going on. It's worth it to spend money. So we actually ended up working with the guy who's amazing at getting a lot of these flows and stuff set up and, and the subscribers in place. So that's one kind of you know easy solution. If you can find a trusted partner that can do that, and you know you guys are awesome at that, Roy, that's, that's definitely a, a quick solution. Now, if someone wants to do it themselves, maybe it's their first product, not a lot of spare cash, you know, totally get that. We were there a few years ago. It's it's not as hard as you think. So ManyChat is a great bot. They have courses. You, know, you can Google and you can get, kind of get it set up and running. But the premise is you just have people directed to a landing page saying, hey, it's coming to Kickstarter soon. You know, show a picture of the product, get them to sign up on email. But then on the landing page, have an additional incentive to get them to subscribe to you on Messenger. I think it's important to do both because you might as well have them on multiple communication mediums, but try to get as many people to messenger as possible because that's just exceptional open rates, you know, ease of deliverability, et cetera. And then you want to warm the leads, right? So you're not just building up a massive list and letting it sit cold for two months. You want to be giving them value, engaging them, maybe even getting their feedback ahead of time. So they feel like they have ownership in the product. Like, Hey, how can we improve it? What do you think about this feature? That way, when you go to launch day, they're so primed and ready, you're going to just have explosive results because you're really spending a lot of money to get them. So you want to make sure you're getting a good return on your investment. Absolutely. So Ben, given you're a crowdfunding vet and an Amazon vet and an actual vet, what <laughs> tips would you have for someone looking to crowdfund, let's say their kitchen or food or beverage product like cold brew? Yeah, I think a really important first step is make sure it has legs, make sure that there's a lot of potential out there. I think it's important to, you know, lean startup, fail forward fast, just get 
try to, before you go through all the effort of even doing it, just validate if it's going to have a shot. So what I like to do is look and see, have there been similar crowdfunding products that have done well, you know, even semi-similar, but you just, it, it really helps de-risk it. If you can see, aha, someone else has done a decent job with a kind of similar product that should give you more confidence. And then the other thing is run some Facebook ads to that email list and kind of gauge your per email cost. So again, it can be a really simple landing page, just showing this product's coming soon, you know, sign up to get early bird specials. But if you're getting emails at like $10 a lead, that probably tells you your product is going to have a challenge doing well on the market because, you know, to do well on crowdfunding, a lot of it is getting the paid traffic figured out. So if, however, you're getting emails for like $1, $2, it's saying, hey, th- this actually is going to have a good shot at doing well. So that's kind of what the step we do before we'll launch any product in crowdfunding is kind of gauge that per email cost. And if it's too high, we'll just scrap it. We won't even go through the effort of crowdfunding kind of pivot and, you know, maybe look at some other products. So with all the marketing efforts that you put forth on this recent project and projects in the past, where did you see the biggest return on your investment? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And I'm a big fan of the 80, 20 rule. So 20% of efforts yield 80% of results. And I, I think that's important with crowdfunding, especially because you can spend 24 hours a day for two months you know, just hitting your head against the wall, trying to get it to go when really there's probably only a few hours a day you had to spend on, on those things that actually mattered. So we by far find that the, just getting the paid advertising, it really works out well. Um, you know, like working with you guys for that, that's just pretty phenomenal to get the word out. And then PR, you know, can be worth it, but like kind of depends on the product. And so that's kind of iffy, like m- more of like a chance, but I'd say, you know, the safest thing is the paid traffic while it's going and then building up the list before it launches is equally as important. And then of course, making sure you have really good assets in place. So yeah, spend some time, money if needed to get awesome images, making sure you're having GIFs, like make sure it's a highly converting listing. Make sure your video is decent. You don't have to drop 10 grand on a video, but make sure it's just a good video. I'm actually speaking to the benefits and giving a little bit of the story, you know, just look at other top performing campaigns and try to replicate as much of that as you can. But I would say those are the big things. It's just, it's the paid traffic and, you know, list build up beforehand. Solid advice there, Ben. So what's the biggest thing you've learned through the whole process of launching multiple Kickstarter campaigns? <laughs> I think there's a big difference between a successful Kickstarter campaign and a successful business. And something that we've experienced ourselves and seen a lot of the industry is, you know, you can have a big splash, but to actually turn that into a profitable business where you can be around for multiple years and hire employees and build something really cool, that is a challenge. I mean, you want to make sure to not get too fixated on the big launch that you kind of miss out on everything after the fact of building a real business. So that's kind of, I'd say the one of the biggest things that we've learned is how do you actually go from a crowdfunding campaign that does well, but make it a real business? You know what I mean? Because like everyone wants to have that big splash, but I think more than that, they want to be entrepreneurs. They want to like have a real sustainable business. And that's kind of where the power of doing well on your website, selling on Amazon comes in is you can build a real business that way. Yeah. So that was, uh, I'd say maybe kind of the biggest is looking at crowdfunding as a tool in your toolbox of building real business, not as the end goal, because if that's your end goal, you're not going to have a real business at the end of it. Absolutely. Solid advice there. So where are you guys headed next? Yeah. So we have a few different things going on. Something I'm really excited about is kind of out of experiencing, you know, this transition from crowdfunding to Amazon and noticing that 
this is an amazing opportunity, but I don't see anyone else really helping others do it. You know, we've now been selling on Amazon for over three years, have a lot of experience, sold over $15 million there. So we know it really well, but most people, when it comes to Amazon, can list a product. I like to say a three-year-old can put up a product on Amazon, but it takes, you know, the best in the world and years of experience to let it hit its full potential. And we decided, you know what, let's help other awesome creators and People that are just making cool products, we want to help them sell on Amazon. So we started Product Fuel a year ago, kind of as a test with the premise, can we help other brands have the same success transitioning from crowdfunding to Amazon as we did? Started with a few test clients. It's gone really well. So we're actually scaling that right now. And I love that business because it gets us working with creators. We even started investing in in some as well. And it's just fun to actually help people because most of the services out there that talk about Amazon, they're terrible. Or the brand creators, you know, the people making the products, they have a million things on their to-do list. They don't have time to become an expert on Amazon. So we come in and literally our proposition is we'll pay for ourselves. We take a percentage of how you do so that you're going to make more, even with us on board, than you would on your own. So that's something right now with product fuel that I'm really excited about. And then with, with Willow and Everett, you know, we're always launching new kind of coffee tea related products, but we actually have a few more direct to consumer brands that we are working on and and launching right now. A lot of exciting stuff, Ben. This is awesome. All right. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round. I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Sounds good. So what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Rapid fire, rapid fire. <laughs> That's a deep question. I, I, I guess just the the ability to to take an idea and you know create it and to make just to bring things in the world that are valuable to others and kind of scale them. So you know, it, and just I find business fascinating and to yeah to take ideas and cool products to life. My whole life, I wanted I want to be an engineer, an accountant, a lawyer. And, you know, I found out as an entrepreneur, you kind of get to do, you get to do a little bit of everything, product design, you know, finance, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's just the the most fun field that I believe exists. So if you could grab a beer with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Ooh, well, Roy, I'd say it might have to be you actually, but if I have to, (laughs) oh, we've already had a beer. So let me think another really good question. I wish you had given these ahead of time. I mean, you already met Bezos. I mean, who's else? Who else is on the list? That's true. Yeah. So I, I it's funny you say that because I, I, I think I'd actually want to grab a beer with him. I, you know, talk to him briefly, but I would love to have like an hour to to pick his brain. I think Steve Jobs is another one that, uh, you know, it would be pretty awesome as well. So you, you got Bezos at a bar again. What would be your first question for him? Yeah, I would say, how did you how did you build your team? How did you get because, and this is something I'm finding, like, to truly scale a company, you have to just get A players, have a solid culture, but you need amazing people. You know, Basil's one guy, his organization is doing insane things all over the place. So how in the early stages did you get the right people, keep them motivated, and continue to let that permeate your culture as you continue to build out your company and, and teams? What book would you recommend to our audience? I would recommend the 80-20 of Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. Amazing book. I call it a survival guide to entrepreneurship. Definitely a good read. All right, Ben, last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it's going to continue requiring more nimble digital marketing to get the message out there as you know, more and more people do it. But also, I think faster iterations. I think 3D printing is going to be changing things. But I think it's going to require these product creators to continue 
you know, either obviously making awesome products, but then being able to do digital marketing well or finding awesome companies that can help them do that to make it work. Because it's, you know, a more competitive landscape and the paid traffic is a massive part of that now. But, but there's also just a bigger opportunity with that as well. Absolutely. Well, Ben, this has been awesome. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out. Yeah, yeah. So appreciate that. You know, uh, I guess right off the bat, love to have you guys check out the, the Cold Bron Tap and the Cold Bron Tap too. You can go to willowandeverett.com and, and check it out there or, or Amazon. And uh, it's just an awesome way to make cold brew coffee if you're a cold brew lover. But then the other thing is, you know, like I mentioned, Product Fuel. If you just go to productfuel.io, we're actually updating the website right now, but you can go there and you can hit me up at ben at productfuel.io. And, you know, if you have an awesome product brand or just want more information. And I actually, I wrote a, a nice blog post too that kind of talked about that transition from Kickstarter to Amazon, but we're always looking for awesome people to, to help. We, we do only work with 10 to 20% of people just because we want to make sure our quality is high, but it's just a fun kind of passion project that has kind of blossomed into a full scale business for us with product fuel and it's a lot of fun. Really awesome stuff. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to everything Ben and I talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. And if you love this episode as much as I do, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks, Roy. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.